episode 105, Finding the Pharmacy Fit. Today, I speak with Todd Yuri from The Pharmacy Podcast. American healthcare entrepreneurs and executives you want to know. Talking. Relentlessly seeking value. There are five kinds of pharmacies. Closed, community, compounding, consulting, and specialty. It would have been terrifically poetic and memorable if we could have talked about the five C's of pharmacy, but salting our game, we have that S outlier, specialty. Today, I speak with Todd Yuri, the founding father of the Pharmacy Podcast, amongst his other pursuits. And we talk about the four C's and one S of pharmacy, including the growing relationship between pharmacists and other healthcare stakeholders, including how to better help patients addicted to pain medications. My name is Stacey Richter, and this podcast is sponsored by Aventria Health Group. Welcome to Relentless Health Value, Todd. Hey, how are you today, Stacy? I am thrilled to speak with you so that we can get the ins and outs behind pharmacy and also the pharmacy podcast, which you are the fearless leader of. <laughs> so there can never be enough cross-pollination between fellow podcasters. So I'm honored to be here on the show and really talking about how pharmacy is becoming much tighter integrated in the silos of what is specialty pharmacy and institutional and compounding and community, how this all is becoming a much more coupled and integrated piece of what is our healthcare. So I'm, I'm very excited to be here. There are one, two, three, four, five kinds of pharmacies, closed pharmacies, community pharmacies, compounding pharmacies, specialty pharmacies, and consulting pharmacists, which are the ones in the office parks that supply long-term care facilities with medications. Yep. Why don't we move over to specialty pharmacy with the advent of, the, I was just reading something the other day about how much specialty drugs are increasing the cost of healthcare these days. I guess the first question is, what is a specialty pharmaceutical? And then secondly, what is special about a pharmacy that dispenses such meds? That's a great question because, you know, technically, specialty pharmacy is still not officially defined. So you can have a myriad of different people in the specialty pharmacy industry giving the definition of what is a specialty pharmacy. But technically, there is not one specific standalone definition of what that is. So just to kind of give a overview definition, you know, especially pharmacy is defined as the services created, managed, handled, special service requirements of specialty pharmaceuticals in a specific disease state, including how to dispense it, how to distribute it how to get it reimbursed. Is there a case manager? Is there a follow-up pharmacist hands-on for the specialness of that disease state or that medication with these patients that are facing rare and or chronic diseases, cancers, HIV, hep C, and then on the lighter side of things, fertility, hormone replacement. So specialty pharmacy is the convergence of pharmacists who understand specific medications for a specific disease state 
manufacturers who design those special medications, but then require the administration, the administers, I should say, to hand back to those manufacturers very specific information about how that medication is being handled and the checks and balances of managing that patient through that medication, through that disease state in a very specific method, and then being able to collect all that data, report all that data, and track that patient's trajectory of how their therapy is going. I can't express how much it needs to be handheld the entire time. So a specialty pharmacy, you can't just become a specialty pharmacy because you're a community pharmacy. You really have to have technology, a pharmacist in place who understands that that very specific disease state, people who understand the reimbursement of how expensive these medications are, who are prepared to design patient assistance programs that are integrated into your entire operation. Specialty pharmacy is fascinating. And right now, it's still really like the Wild West per se, but less wildness in the Wild (laughs) West because it's not wild. It's very controlled. But the, the Wild West part is for the pioneer out there who's ready to stake their claim on specific disease states and specific geographics and specific patients to really carve out opportunity for themselves. So when I see technology rushing to this, you know, obviously I, I plot it because I'm, a, I'm still a technology nerd at heart. And I love seeing specialty pharmacies like Avella, Avella Specialty Pharmacy. The reason why I mention them is they were the first organization to invest a tremendous amount of money and time into developing a mobile app for their HIV patients and their adherence, Stacy, is through the roof. Like they're doing things with adherence that no other specialty pharmacy has done in the country with HIV. And it's just awesome. And I want to see those kinds of practices through mobile because we all know how important mobile is to really do that with all the disease states. I want to see it trickle down to community pharmacy. I want to see it trickle down to other patients that are suffering with things. I want to see it trickle down to the world of addiction and and the world of diabetes and the world of all of these diseases that patients are facing that need adherence. And, And what do you know? We all have a mobile phone. So why not go to the patient where the patient is? And bravo to Todd and the Avella team out there that has done some crazy things with mobile. Do you see that as a forward direction that similarly to how providers have specialties? In other words, you have diabetes, you're going to go to an endocrinologist. If you have rheumatoid arthritis, you're going to go to a doctor that specializes in rheumatoid arthritis. Do you see pharmacies aligning along those same lines? Yes. There's lots of specialty pharmacies out there who are managing multiple disease states. However, there seems to always be that one disease state that they're just better at because they're putting so many other surrounding, embracing services around the patient, around the payer, around the manufacturer, that they become really known for that one specific disease state more than others. And not to stand on some kind of podcast pedestal and and scold any of the specialty pharmacies, but because I know that they have to make a buck and it's, it's really hard to make money in pharmacy these days in comparison to what it was 20, 30 years ago. Take what you're good at and run with it. I mean, stop trying to be all things to all people. And there's lots of specialty pharmacies out there who are trying to manage 
two, five, 10, 12 disease states. And in my opinion, I don't think they're going to do as good of a job that if they just take two or three disease states and really start to become a specialist in it. Just like you said, just like a physician is a specialist in a specific element of what is sufferers of that situation. That's exactly what specialty pharmacy should be doing. Let's take a look at that more closely. Hold up a magnifying glass. Say that I'm a specialty pharmacy and I decide that I would like to specialize in immunology or HIV or some condition that requires a depth of knowledge. From a business perspective, what does that look like? Does it look like me approaching manufacturers that have drugs in those categories and saying, hey, you want to put me in your network because I will produce better outcomes and you pharmaceutical company are currently negotiating innovative risk-based contracts and outcomes are really important? Or what does that look like? Yeah, there's levels of that. There's the, are you a player level? Are you even able to play in the space of that disease state? Do you even have the specialty pharmacist knowledge? Do you have the infrastructure ready to manage those specific disease states? So there, those windows of opportunity, by the way, as much as I just got done saying several minutes ago that it's still the Wild West and you need to stake your claim, those windows of opportunity are closing very fast because of how quickly data changes and how quickly the manufacturer are seeing, you know, the monetary side of all of this. And they're gravitating towards the champions of specialty pharmacies that are out there doing things that other pharmacists and other pharmacies aren't doing. Stuff like this, Stacey, 24-hour access to a pharmacist, being prepared for that. True adherence management that would include return calls, a call center, mobile device application, data collection, benefits investigation, being able to have somebody on your pharmacist team who really understands what it is to get these medications paid for so that it that ties right into adherence. If you can't pay for your medication and you, you have a two-income household and you're dealing with a sick child or something that's on this medication and it's causing you stress, you, you may not even be able to move forward in your therapy. So benefits investigation is so critical. Communication and follow-up with the physician. Having somebody on your pharmacy team who can speak the language that the physician is looking for. And very quickly, by the way, very, very quickly, because you know what the schedules are like for physicians today. Dispensing of the specialty pharmaceuticals and shipping coordination. I can't believe how important and why Orlando, Florida is the mecca of specialty pharmacy. And you want to know the reason that Orlando has more specialty pharmacies in central Florida than any other place in the United States? Do tell. Because of the coordination of shipping. Way back in the day, FedEx had a landing strip or something in that Orlando. I want to say it was 30 some years ago. And a specialty pharmacy, one of the first specialty pharmacies began to work with FedEx and saying, hey, these medications have to be packaged and have to be shipped in a very specific manner. And then all of a sudden it explodes. And then executives of this one specialty pharmacy decide I'm going to go out and do it myself and then so on and so forth. And the domino effect of what is losing employees to entrepreneurial-like opportunity and all of a sudden the explosion of Central Florida Specialty Pharmacy and financial assistance and patient monitoring and payer manufacturer reporting and prior authorization assistance. I mean, 
you can't just wake up one day and say, hey, I'm going to become a specialty pharmacy because it it's so incredibly detailed and actually it's becoming even more complex the more that we start splicing hairs of what it is to care for patients that are suffering in that specific disease state. Yeah, I was reading something recently about retail community pharmacies who decided or realized that there's let's just say some money to be made in dispensing these specialty products, tried to go down that path and realized relatively quickly that providing the services that patients need who are taking these very complicated products is not something that you can just, as you say, wake up one morning and have an infrastructure to deliver. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yes, the entire infrastructure needed to truly deliver what is specialty pharmacy services is just immense. And you really have to be ready to go. And I'm not saying it's impossible to start up a specialty pharmacy. You know, it's happening day in and day out. But really spend the money on the consultancy to get you going and to set the table correctly in order for you to succeed. One of the things that you did mention that a specialty pharmacy does is send information back to the manufacturer. Working in the pharmaceutical industry, one of the things that we know very well is that pharmaceutical companies in certain cases have closed networks of specialty pharmacies. In other words, you can't just raise your hand and buy a shipment of a product. You have to actually be approved in order to do so. And I'm assuming that part of that approval process means that that specialty pharmacy is equipped to return to the manufacturer information that the manufacturer is desirous of. What does that look like from the specialty pharmacy side? More than REMS reporting, which is risk evaluation mitigation strategy, which is very specific data that the manufacturer is looking to the specialty pharmacy to return to them. Now, there's certain specialty pharmacies, which once again, really excites me and gets me all pumped up about pharmacy leading the way. Pharmacies, uh, the good specialty pharmacies that have done things extraordinarily, Amber Pharmacy, for example, which is part of the Hy-Vee grocery store chain out in, I want to say, is that in Minnesota? Forgive me, Mike Agostino, if I said the wrong city or state, but Amber Pharmacy, for example, has gone above and beyond reporting back to manufacturers what is considered just the standard information of reporting, meaning the manufacturer will say to a specialty pharmacy, you have to report these specific metrics or these specific qualifiers to us month after month after month in order to be considered eligible to administer this medication or supply this medication, distribute this medication. Whereas specialty pharmacies like Amber have gone beyond that. And they've said, not only are we going to deliver back month after month this data to you for this patient, now we're going to to increase that to weekly reporting, possibly daily reporting, based on some of the things that we know a patient is experiencing through this therapy. So now we're going to report back to you not only the information that you've asked for, but all of these other quantifiers, all of these other categories of information because we know that it's important to the therapy and to the relationship that we've built with our patients to understanding what they're going through on day 17, day 46, day 108 of this therapy. And they've done an incredible job in building almost like a custom CRM system, collection system that really builds those libraries of reactions to different medications and what that patient's going through and 
what the the standard reaction is to that or the situation of that medication. And then on the payer side, for example, that kind of plugs into all of this, they might say, well, every time we administer a drug ABC for disease state XYZ, we're running into this payment issue. So they've collected it so many times and experiencing it so many times that they can start actually, I don't want to use the word dictating, but they can really start managing and helping payers and helping manufacturers to understand, hey, there's more to this than what you guys have asked for in minimum information return. There's so much other things happening here between the relationship and make a triangle, the relationship between the patient the pharmacy and the physician. And then obviously in the center there is probably like the manufacturer and the payer and other things of of what is the hub world of of caring for a patient. But some of the the outstanding specialty pharmacies out there that have gone above and beyond, those are the leaders. Those are the ones that are really doing things the right way to really control what it is to be suffering with uh, a specific disease state. Amber Pharmacy looks like their headquarters is Omaha, Nebraska. Omaha, Nebraska. Forgive me. I, so I know it was one of those uh, one of those states out there that get horrible amounts of snow. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So why don't we? One one thing I definitely want to make sure that we have an opportunity to talk about is your new pursuit, my friend, which is helping patients with addiction. I've always been passionate about what I do. I don't like getting up and just going to a job. Matter of fact, I stopped having a job when I was in high school. I went to JCPenney, for goodness sakes. And I got so bored doing that that I said after that, I'm never going to take another job that I'm not passionate about. So it's been an incredible ride to be in what is the pharmacy technology sector. I jumped into pharmacy in 2004. And it was amazing to really understand the impact that pharmacy technologies have on the operation, which trickles down to the important services that are being provided to uh, patients. And through the years, I've accumulated a lot of understanding and knowledge of operations and, and how those operations really affect the outcome of the patient. And specialty pharmacy dawned and, you know, caught wind and caught fire, I should say, and I really became interested in what is specialty pharmacy and technology and mobile application. And I met a group of of people. Actually, they met me. They reached out to me through LinkedIn, which was a huge compliment. And it's called Colonial Management Group, which is also out of the Orlando, Florida area. And they have uh, 64 clinics throughout the country that do nothing but help those patients that are suffering with the disease of addiction and they manage their medication, they do counseling, they bring in the families, they help with payment coordination. And I've been brought on as a a business development slash strategy guy who really wants to take what is specialty pharmacy and marry it to the world of what is addiction recovery treatment. So, and that, by the way, that's never been done before. There's, there's no one really out there doing that. And I'm so excited to be part of that. So everything that's happened in specialty, what I've learned about specialty pharmacy really needs to happen too, and really needs to take over what is the disease of, of addiction because of how serious it is. I, I can't believe the stats, Stacy, on what our country faces with regards to opioid addiction and the world of heroin and, and what's happening to our cities and what's happening to our communities 
based on what the opioid epidemic is. So I'm excited to be a very small part of it. Are you working on a way to see that opioids are dispensed through specialty pharmacy or that patients who have a propensity, you know, based on predictive analytics or are are already addicted, are getting their meds or being in some fashion managed through specialty pharmacy? Is that what that looks like? One of the strategies and missions of what is Colonial Management Group is to stop this pill mill-like churn of physicians out there who obviously are extremely busy and possibly don't have the time nor the staff nor the knowledge to really manage what is the disease of addiction. CMG is is kind of putting their hands up and doing the timeout signal to these physicians and saying, listen, Dr. Smith, we want to surround you with services, with infrastructure, with call center, with a mobile app, with counseling, so that you can continue to be this patient's physician, but allow us to truly help you manage what is the disease of addiction. Because just seeing a patient for 30 minutes, writing a prescription for Suboxone and sending the patient down the road, that is not, once again, that is not managing the disease of addiction. That's like the very tip of the iceberg. And if you can't see the rest of the iceberg under the water, and sure enough, the the patient's life crashes and burns into what is the iceberg of addiction because there's no other services and or counseling happening on the back end. So we're, we're surrounding physicians. We're saying to the physicians, we know you guys don't want to be known in your community as these prescription writers that aren't really paying attention to diversion and paying attention to non-adherence and not being able to pay attention to this because you're just so busy. We understand that. So we're coming to you as a national organization prepared to surround you with the services that you know you need and that you know your patients need so that we can truly help pave a road to recovery uh, with regards to the disease of addiction. So that's kind of like the upper 30,000 foot view mission of what is Colonial Management Group. And there's so much underneath it based on what the patient is facing with regards to what is addiction. Are you kind of a wraparound then to the provider more than a specialty pharmacy? Or are you actually dispensing the meds? Yeah, we're actually becoming and transforming into both sides. The wraparound for the physician, the provider, a wraparound for the pharmacy services that are being administered in the clinics sometime, as well as those private office environments, because there's really two environments that we're part of. And then what is the payment side of this? What is the lifestyle of the patient side of this? What is the technology? And you mentioned analytics side of this. And how do those analytics need to be reported and rolled up back up to some of these manufacturers. So it's really an untapped industry to really mature the industry in the way that specialty pharmacy has matured the world of cancer care, HIV care, hep C care. So I'm trying to take everything that I've learned in the world of specialty and really bring it into what is addiction. We will have to have you back again to discuss just that, especially as you get a little bit further along in your pursuit. 
Yes, because right now I only have my feet wet. I'd like to submerge the rest of myself into this. (laughs) (laughs) Where can people find more information about you, Todd, and all of your various pursuits? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm definitely a big LinkedIn guy. So if you Googled uh, Todd Urey LinkedIn, you'd be able to definitely find my profile. And I obviously would love to uh, expand our listeners and and cross-pollinate from relentless health value to pharmacy podcasts. So obviously pharmacypodcast.com is a place that we can build um, followers as well as interjecting ideas. If you're a pharmacist out there, if you're a physician out there and you have something to say, you know, reach out to Stacy to have a platform that Stacy that you guys have built through a uh, relentless health value. And, and if you're a pharmacist, reach out to the pharmacy podcast. We've built, I built this podcast for pharmacists to have a, an, an additional voice. And the fact that they're still not even considered technically providers from the CMS's perspective is frustrating. So that's something that's supposedly coming and changing. But regardless, a pharmacy can't have enough platforms in order to voice what is truly the next generation pharmacist. And I cannot recommend the pharmacy podcast highly enough. I have listened to, I'm going to say, I'm not going to say majority because you have a lot of episodes (laughs) over there. (laughs) But I have taken a deep dive into many episodes and, and, and learned a lot. They're very informative and very entertaining to listen to at the same time. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Todd. Thank you. This is great. Links to everything discussed on the program today can be found at RelentlessHealthValue.com. If you visit the website, RelentlessHealthValue.com, you will also find a complete listing of all of the shows that we have published thus far with leading entrepreneurs and executives in the healthcare space today. Another cool feature is, you know, you can subscribe to the show so that every week, the episode is automatically sent to you so you don't have to remember to go to the website to download it. Thanks so much for listening.